What's going on, y'all? This is Travis from Chasing Anthems coming at you with something totally new. This is exciting. This is something that's been in the works for quite some time, and now is the time. 2022, baby. Let's make it happen. So uh, it's been a vision of ours to be able to start a podcast slash video vlog and connect with a lot of the musicians and friends and that we have met along the way, share stories, talk about the highs, talk about the lows, and ultimately introduce to you guys artists out there that are doing their thing they're grinding and they're trying to make it happen so we are so excited to launch this new endeavor with that being said if you're new to the channel please hit the bell uh subscribe comment share do all that good stuff let's get that message out there all right so with that being said let's get into this let's roll Thing. there we go what's up y'all this is travis i got richard right here what's going on this is chasing anthems and we're bringing with you guys another interview with one of our favorite artists dm <laughs> what's going on Hello. dm what's it like over there in detroit all the way from detroit man how you feeling today uh, it's really smooth chill laid back everything synonymous with that how cold is it out there? Um, cold enough to be freezing cold, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think at this point it's like cold enough to like, you know, put your uh, frozen chicken outside and it still be frozen in the morning. Uh, <laughs> now, being from California, that's something we don't know much about. And I'm not too sad about that. But uh, we would like a little snow every once in a while. That's what we need, man. One of these days. But anyways, let's keep yeah. what we're talking about today. So I'll, I'll just start us off with a quick story of how we all met uh, a couple months back in Nashville. Uh, we all attended a event and a music conference. And during that event, we had an opportunity to perform. And, uh, you know, in, in music, there's somewhat of a competitiveness unspoken, right? You know, you want to do your best and you want to perform and so, you know, Richard and I come home from California. We might have a little, you know, swagger. <laughs> and uh, I, I'll never forget, you know, getting staged and, uh, you know, behind the scenes, getting prepped. You know, this is what you need to do. This is when you're going on, all that kind of good stuff. And then uh, DM comes up first and he's dressed head to toe, white, like on point. And then the beat hits. And then I started sweating. And I'm like... We ain't home anymore, man. We're playing with the big dog. Say <laughs> Kansas, Toto. <laughs> and I start, I start getting a little nervous. But then, as the more you perform and your confidence, I just got excited, and I was like, you know what? We're around a bunch of guys and gals that are gonna elevate us, and then are gonna make us, uh, you know, work harder, try harder, and and that's what we did. And uh, we got to spend a couple days together and uh, build a friend, start a friendship. And uh, anyways, so we've been following you ever since then and been wanting to connect in one way or another. But uh, yeah, you had us as fans out the gate. So uh, we're excited to connect today and learn more about your background, your story and how you got into music and, and all that kind of good stuff. So with that said, if you don't mind sharing, like how, how'd you get into music and uh, how long have you been doing it for and, 
tell tell everybody who doesn't know you your style of music all that kind of good stuff uh so man i cannot fail to say thank you for having me on it's a pleasure uh great to meet you guys chasing anthems Travis, richard you guys are amazing um and also felt that uh like that friendly competitive edge when you guys perform you guys made me think a little bit about how i hit the stage and just being uh, focused on uh the like the reason i'm on stage not to be dithering in my thoughts but be serious about what i'm doing and you guys really brought that fire uh in nashville so it's cool um but yeah dm i'm from detroit michigan i started doing music um I would say probably, or music for me started, I guess, like most people uh, before I existed. It started with my parents. Uh, my parents, uh, or how I was raised in the fetus, my mother had me listening to classical music in the womb. I was one of those babies who had, like, my mother had the headphones on her belly playing Bach and Mozart and all that stuff. Um, but uh, when I made the decision to get involved in music, I was in elementary school and there was this choir at my elementary school and they were so uniform, so organized, so sophisticated. Uh, and I was intrigued by this as a five-year-old. And I said in my heart, I want to do that. And uh, I did that unbeknownst to me. The choir director had a relationship with my family. A lot of my family went to the same elementary school prior to me getting there. Uh, family being like my mother's side of my family. My mother went to that elementary school. A lot of my aunts and uncles. Uh, my grandparents had uh, got to know a lot of the faculty there. So by the time I got to that choir director, he knew me before I knew him. And um, I got the advantage to join that program prior to, uh, so like the age uh, requirement, like I wasn't old enough, but yet like there was favor for me because of that relationship was already established, rapport was already built. So um, yeah, this choir, this guy was named uh, Willard Hines. We called him Mr. Hines, you know, because he was our teacher and he, he served some Motown acts. He got into education, but kept his business pros, started a choir. It was so well put together that the elementary school students got promoted to middle school and came back to the choir. Uh, they got to high school, came back, and some people got all the way to college and came back. Uh, some people started careers and families and came back. So this was a big conglomerate effort. Uh, it was well polished, well put together. A lot of parents supported it. So uh, doing national tours, traveling across seas, was seeming like seamless because of all the support and effort that went into that um so i from third grade to fifth grade um i got a chance to partake in three tours three national tours the first one was a southern tour uh then two west coast tours and then the summer after my fifth grade year i recorded an album with that choir um, we recorded an album based on the uh, gospel set we did at, a, at the churches we performed at. Uh, and it was great. Like, it was great to be a part of that as, uh, as a youth. It was inspiring and exciting and uh, a, little, a little scary because it's like doing music on a, 
in a big space where it's just things are serious. It's like, oh, it, it looks like that equipment is expensive, so I probably shouldn't bump into it type of thing. <laughs> At the same time, though, so <clears throat> it's funny that you said that you were in a choir growing up in a church, so... <clears throat> Um, me as well, um, on the West coast over here in California, we don't necessarily have like a age group as to when you can join, um, the choir, but I was pretty young. I want to say I was in seventh or eighth grade, I believe. Um, and I remember like, so I didn't necessarily choose it, right? Like my parents were like, Hey, we got this Christmas thing coming up at church and, uh, you're going to sing tenor. Now, I didn't even know what any of that was. I don't know tenor. I don't know bait. I don't know any of this stuff. Right. And I'm like, they're like, yeah, you're going to, that's what you're going to do. And I remember being so nervous too, but like, luckily for me, and I don't know if you had the same experience, but luckily for me, like I felt, um, I felt comforted in the fact that like, I was like in a crowd of people, like it wasn't just me up on a stage singing by myself solely, um, in front of a microphone in front of an audience. It was like me in a robe with, you know, 20, 30 other people around me, um, singing the same song. So like, I was really nervous. And then once we got up there and we started singing, I quickly became comforted because it wasn't like the crowd could hear just my voice. It was, you know, everybody's voices together. And so I don't know if like you had that same kind of feeling, like maybe you were able to break that ice with the fact that you were with somebody else or with a group of people, but that kind of, that comforted me a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, like the thing that attracted me to the music was the uniformity amongst all these people. You had like a choir of, with about, you know, 50 young people. And, you know, most kids are lollygagging. But these people were so uniform, shirts tucked in. And I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to partake in that discipline that I wanted to be connected to that entity. And once I joined, they practice maybe three times a week. When we got on the road, uh, we would rehearse, you know, 2 or 3 a.m. Sometimes have to be um, nudged awake uh, to rehearse. Uh, sometimes, you know, knocks on our uh, hotel room doors to rehearse in the middle of the night. Sometimes we would go periods of time in silence as a group to uh, rest our voices between gigs. It was, it was well organized, and I think I was enamored by the fact that I saw the nature of my peers at that age. But in this context, it was like, man, these young people like myself have ascended to a greater level of existing. And it's all because of this guy somehow is transposing this greatness onto us. Yeah, that's cool. But for me, like Richard, you mentioned being forced to do a choir as a tenor. See, me, I voluntarily did choir with school because that was an academic pursuit, more or less. Okay. Uh, like I had to do that. So um I just wanted to do something I enjoyed while I was forced to be at school. But uh, music took a different, um, it took a different, took on a different connotation with church. So like, I didn't want to do church choir. And I kind of felt like I was pressured by my parents and just family to sing in church choir. Uh, and I didn't necessarily like doing that as much because I felt it was more limited. Uh, growing up in like traditional black church setting um, and I come from like old school apostolic faith where certain genres of music certain styles are seen as uh, less than holy however in the academic setting with that choir uh, we got a chance to learn like Latin as we sang like uh, Mozart's Requiem we learned 
uh, Swahili with like different African traditional songs and uh, it was an educational process. Like we learned stuff uh, beyond music. We learned about culture. We learned about history. Um, and we just, it was, it was educational as well as entertaining. And it was fun. And that's what I loved about that experience. Yeah. That's your, uh, your origin story, right? I think we all have that spark, right? It's, um, it's funny you guys say that you both had different experiences about how you got forced in. For me, it was like fourth grade. It was either you could go to all of your classes or you could get, skip a class to go with the band guys. You know, uh-huh. not it's like, yeah, I'm gonna go with those guys and I'm gonna go yeah. with some drums, you know, and I'm just gonna get all my energy out, you know, and uh <laughs> and then the rest, you know, you just like I think for some people it's sports, some people it's other, you know, art and stuff like that, or like, you know, coloring and stuff. But I think for us music it's like once you get that taste you're just like you can't get enough of it you know and uh it's funny because you talk to you know our wives and stuff like that and victoria wanted to join but she's at a hamster vet right now no joke that's a whole other story but uh, <laughs> that's unique that's unique well that's i had like a very very to hear that <laughs> we searched for two months to find a vet that will take a hamster but you know, uh, that's dedication. You guys should make a song about that or uh, <laughs> or something, something creative around that. That's unique. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably, yeah, never mind. Anyway. Only in California, man. Huh? <laughs> so, so, okay. So fifth grade, you, you transition now. What, what do you do after that? How do you get to where the style you're in now? Cause I, I've heard a lot of your music and I don't, I haven't heard a lot of, um, Sorry, I've heard a lot of your music and stuff like that, but I don't hear a lot of your singing, right? You more focus on rapping, right? Do you interject some hooks in there and stuff like that where you might? Maybe I just oh, that's that's when the music narrative shifts uh, dramatically. So I got to sixth grade and for me, sixth grade was another school, uh, another school, another another uh, level of pressure, other pressures, other people. And I wasn't in close proximity to that teacher anymore. Um, and frankly, I was going to a DPS school, a Detroit public school, and it was rough. It was scary. Uh, I, it was a fight. So I was at school and in, um, in the courtyard, children are fighting. And I, I saw a fight before. It was a fight in elementary school, a few fights. However, this fight was different. It was like Lord of the Flies. So these Ooh. two kids were fighting and someone fell and the circle of people around them started stumping that, uh, that fall victim and it was bad. And I thought, like, if I don't acquiesce to this culture, I'm going to die. So I naturally had to change some things. I stopped. Uh, and then at that time as well, sixth grade, I started going through puberty and my voice started changing uh, and I started freaking out. It was the end of my world as I knew it. Like I was losing my prepubescent Michael Jackson voice. Uh, and I didn't, I'll be there. <laughs> I didn't know how to maneuver around that. And um, like in hindsight, like I 
had a conversation with the choir director. He passed at this point, rest his soul. But uh, like I talked to him in 2019 and told him about this. And he was like, how come you didn't talk to me about these pressures? It was like, I don't know. I was a kid. I was panicking. Yeah. But um, so I just made the choice at that point. Once puberty started happening, I went to a different school. I stopped. I quit my choir endeavor, stopped singing as much. And um, simultaneously, my family life changed. My mother got a boyfriend. And this dude listened to Kanye West College Dropout back to back to back to back. Like it was the when he would play, he was a real hip hop fan. When he listened to anything, he would listen to that one thing for like months on end and maybe interject another project and play that a few times or for a few hours, but then go back to that one project. So he would, um, he would listen to College Dropout and I listened to College Dropout maybe 10 times a day like if we wrote that was all we listened to it was absurd so um Kanye was probably my introduction to hip-hop like like conscious introduction to hip-hop beyond like passively hearing other people listen to it and it's when I really like took notice of what rap was I guess like I heard rap prior to that and um like I was familiar with rap but I think it started to pique my interest um, probably because of the uh, the repetition, I was being brainwashed by Kanye at that point. Uh, <laughs> no, but he also liked Jay Z a lot. Yeah, my, that boyfriend of my mother at the time, he liked Jay Z a lot, and I listened to the Black album a lot. So between Jay Z and Kanye, and then I remember I, it came time for me to buy an album. I had some extra money, and the first album I bought was the Eight Mile soundtrack. And I listened to that a lot, um, not as much as I listened to the college dropout and the black album. But uh, I remember uh, liking that, liking that album a lot, and particularly liking Fifty Cent's track a lot. Um, and then Fifty Cent became a thing, and then I took interest, and that was kind of like the thing. So I was at that point in life between sixth grade up until uh, I finished high school. It was basically just listening to music, uh, getting uh, acclimated with the culture of music beyond what I was able to do and finishing school because I went to school in the hood at first. And I just had this like my thing was I have to get out of this environment. Like I have to do something with my life so I don't end up being stumped on the ground like that one kid. Yeah. Um, How do I not so, be that kid? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that fear um dominated my thoughts a lot mm. so uh i got eventually my mother took some courses of action to get me a better a better school and um i got into some suburban schools actually by way of some illegal means i had to use some relative addresses at different points in time but i got into a, a better academic environment and took advantage of some opportunities that some other uh, young people did not have, um, and that was great, and I made the most of that. I, so when I got to college, I was a sophomore in college as a freshman, and um, I, I went to a Christian university. However, uh, although I grew up as a Christian, uh, grew up in a Christian household, had a Christian family, I hadn't really made that decision to like be a Christian in my heart, like I was determined to do music in my heart. 
Um, and that created problems for me. And I did not have structure, like a way of structure living down for myself because I was so dependent on uh, the structure that was afforded for me through just, you know, being a kid. So I got to college and kind of freaked out. And then uh, I I got my first girlfriend over the summer after graduating high school. So my mind was in a bunch of different places. And um, that first year was rough. Broke up with that uh, that young lady that that relationship ended. Uh, Grades started slipping. Uh, My world came tumbling down. And uh, it, it came to a point where I had to figure out life. And faith was a big part of that. I started thinking about different things and um, it just was a lot of ambiguity about what was next and how to make life work. And um, I'm racking up student loans simultaneously. So this is not free. I have to make this count. Um, This is not free school. So um, some, I meet some Christian rappers on campus and um, these guys were interesting. At the time, I was really cool with this guy who was um, he was he was out there. He was a partier. He was a partier. He um, he indulged in the medicinal before it was legalized in Michigan. He um, he was that guy that was really yeah 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 yeah. He was the party guy, uh, and I was just trying to figure out life and needed something to do and needed identity. So I just kind of hung out with whoever hung out with me. So it was me and this 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 party guy, and uh, these two Christian rappers. Well, they were in like this large group, kind of like the Wu Tang Clan, but it started off that way. But you know how college it kind of uh, whittles groups down because people like drop out or you know they have to make different life decisions. So it it turned out to just be these two guys. So um, these two guys start hanging with us and they would always say, like, let's let's rap. And in my mind, it didn't make sense because this dude was like smoking weed and he was talking about like uh, objectifying women. And like that was his lifestyle, like for real. And these two Christian dudes, just holy as ever, uh, they would fast like crazy. They would pray for people on campus in public and have Bible studies in the dining commons and all this stuff. And I, I had a hard time wrapping my mind around like why these two guys hung around us and why they wanted to make music with us. So this one night, the, um, the, the, the party guy and uh, the two Christian rap guys, like they decided to do a cover or remix uh, ham, uh, watch the drone single for Kanye and Jay-Z. And uh, they asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And uh, apparently I said no, but I woke up in the middle, like I went to sleep and woke up in the middle of their recording session singing opera. I don't remember that. I was not on drugs. It was, you know, probably just, you know, I don't know. But uh, so that was interesting to see. But then that, that party guy ended up getting kicked out of campus. And then it was just me hanging out with these Christian rap guys. And um like, they just were so persistent. Like, they would ask me, like, it was like an everyday thing. Like, get on the track, get on the track, get on the track. So one day I was uh, home for the weekend and wrote something and came back to them and said, hey, I got a song for you guys. And I was like, I think I want to, like, turn my life around. So, like, one weekend when I was home, 
um, I got, I was hanging out with the party guy because he got kicked out of school. And uh, I decided to go over to his house and smoke a little weed. And um, I was high. And as I was driving home, my, uh, my then girlfriend called me and she tried to say something nice to me, but like, I don't know, maybe I had a bad reaction to the weed or I was tired something. I just like flipped out. And she was like, well, that was so hurtful. I never want to talk to you again. So I felt bad. So I called my Christian counsel at the time. And um, ironically, she had the same name as my then girlfriend. So uh, I told her what happened. And uh, she told me that I needed to figure out what love was before I tried to love someone. And that was great advice. But then I like freaked out on her and then uh, she hung up on me. And then I realized that I needed to like make a change or else I would cause people to be hurt or to retreat from me. So I stopped smoking weed and then I had to like, uh, like pursue God. But at that point, I just, I didn't have God in mind. It was just like, I need to make a change. I need to get serious about life. I need to get serious about school. I'm, I'm going to flunk out of college. So then, um, yeah, that's when I got back to, to college, uh, got back to school after that weekend and wrote the song and uh, recorded it with all those guys. And that was actually 10 years ago, November. So I'm like 10 years old as a rapper this November. Um, so what were you guys recording with? So, I mean, I, uh, I went to a Christian college briefly and I would hang out with the, the music manager guys because they'd have access to the studio. So we get free studio time at like two or three in the morning. But what were you guys doing to just in the dorm, like tape to tape or like how old are we talking here? So at the time when we recorded that song, we were in a room called the, um, I don't know, just some random room in like one of the buildings on campus. Um, it was like an entertainment sports room. People hung out. We just recorded in there. We were up at like three o'clock in the morning. Um, and we were recorded on the Mac and we had a microphone and it was just very simplistic, very basic, very raw. Just, we just got it done, uh, with the bare minimum. Super underground. Like, this is just what we're going to do. This is like raw. It's like, this is who we are. This is what we sound like. This is what we're about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the name of their group at the time was, uh, about my father's business. Uh, but because of copyright issues, uh, the group decided to assume the identity team most high. So Alex and Juan were the two guys. And um, like, I just joined their efforts like after that moment. And uh, Faith kind of found me after that. Like, I, I, I don't know why. It's always some girl that like pushes me forward in my narrative for some reason. I don't know. I think that's why I like country music so much. But um <laughs> I met another young lady on campus and like that heartbreak caused me to like follow and find Jesus for real and uh fulfill my purpose a little more. And uh I got really serious about faith. Like I explored different options, different religious views, different uh nuances with under the umbrella of Christianity and um I read the Bible cover to cover for myself after that and uh just started taking faith seriously and uh, that's when the music became a thing for real after just doing that initial song and uh i just wanted my faith to really show through the music while sharing my testimony as well yeah i noticed in your music it's 
there's a lot of artists out there that claim to be, you know, Christian or in the Christian space. Um, but your music's very intentional. You don't, you know, there's no, you know, you're not mixing words or anything like that, right? Like you come out the gate, you know where you stand, right? And you, as you're taking people through these stories uh, through your music and stuff like that, has it always been that way? Or is that something that you, as you've matured as a Christian or, and as an artist that you just came comfortable? Or have you always been just like that honest and that, that uh, forthcoming with your faith in your music? I think that's a byproduct of um, the creative culture of Team Most High. Like those other two guys, Alex and Juan, were really transparent about their struggles while sharing their deep appreciation for Jesus and his sacrifice and how that allowed them to work through the struggles and uh, how that was the catalyst for their sanctification. So it's just like... um, that is kind of how I was birthed as a rapper, so to speak. It's really cool because I, I know me personally, and I don't want to speak for Richard, he can speak for himself, but it's like, I always struggle with making sure I'm not coming off disingenuous. And because it's very easy, especially when you hear like, you know, Christian, um, like K-Love and stuff like that. There's a, there's a line where it's almost cheesy or unbelievable because it's just let me let me grab as many catchphrases that i i can and shove it all into a song and throw you know four chords to it and, and we're off to the races right not to call anybody out because there's a lot of great artists out there that are in that space but uh i struggle with that about being genuine you know with what i'm writing but i don't know what about you richard it's something we've I mean, you know i can i can i can relate to that like you don't want to be like a cookie cutter you know like the houses that are just kind of put up um same model same thing and when you listen to a certain style of music for a long time it seems like what happens is is you model what you're trying to do after that style of music or that artist and so what i try and do is just take influences from a bunch of different people and and uh throw it in into it into the melting pot so to speak and i think <clears throat> over time what happens is is like you know in our system we only have like 12 notes you know so you're not going to do something that hasn't been done already but what you can do is try and do something that is original in form of like a story in the form of the way that you put together lyrics and the in the way that you put together a song so i definitely don't want to be like that either at the same time sometimes um i i have to take a step back and say okay what this this is my art here this is who i am or who we are and um to me this this is a good product that i can hopefully because my thing that i want to do is i want to relate with the people that are listening to what i'm making right or what we make is you want to make sure that the message that you have is received by the audience that you're trying to your target audience right and if if you miss the mark on that 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 to me is more important than having that cookie cutter style song if we can if we can make a song that sounds good and people can relate to it and they can you know have a better day or or change their lives a little bit from something that they've heard in our song then i think we've that's that's how i measure success yeah for sure so so, so and the thing you guys just said, it's a lot there. Please, can I like uh, 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 interject to reflect a little bit? So, um, so in hip hop, especially Christian hip hop, 
it's easy in just Christian music in general. Like Travis, you mentioned, you can get into a space of being cheesy. And I think any genre is subject to just being cliche. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of those things that's just like, that is a pitfall that we're all trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I re- that resonates a lot. Cheesy is easy, but I think no, that's what's unfortunate, you know, because it's so easy to throw in those. And we have a whole book. If you're writing Christian music, you have a whole book of material to go off of, right? And it's so easy to cut out those little verses that everybody knows and throw and sprinkle them into your song. So it's like cheesy is easy. So it's hard to sometimes not create a cheesy song, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but but my grandmother once told me, man, I'm one cheesy person, like. Sometimes I think it's just a part of being a human. Sometimes we just had those moments where we genuinely are cheesy. Yeah. Uh, but then I think we cannot live in Cheesyville. We have to come out of cheese land and stop being a cheese <laughs> ball, you know, because nobody likes cheese puffs all the time, but you know, they have their place. Yeah. When you're also, I mean, when you enter into the, the, you know, you come out and say, this is a Christian music and I'm being intentional about it. You're opening yourself up to the scrutiny now of your interpretation of scripture right and how are you using that and you hear that a lot now with worship music and you know like i said i'm not gonna name and drop anybody but even like the sexualization of lyrics towards christ that that is not the intent of that but the way that it could be phrased can come across really bad and turn a lot of people off and stuff like that so it's you for us, like when we started, it was like our goal was to just be as broad as we can, you know, like we always say, so our kids can come and our grandparents can come. We're not going to offend anybody. We want everybody to come. Partially, that's a good like marketing plan, but also it's who we are like as people like, you know, we just had my uh, son got baptized this weekend and we had everybody all ages. We were just so happy to be like, you know, to be proud to have everybody come to our house multiple generations and something to be proud about and that's how we've kind of looked at like our music as well but because artists like you and some of the other guys that we met it's like being even more intentional about it right and being like who is richard who is travis like what do these guys really believe like they can write country songs and they can get us all dancing and stuff like that but we're really going to leave a mark on this world what did they really stand for what they what they truly believe in and stuff like that so that's well, that's something we've been, you know, wrestling with and have been challenged and we're writing a bunch of new stuff to really put it out there and leave nothing on the table, you know, but uh, yeah, you, you inspire us, man. So I thank you for that. Like, I wish I was bolder sooner. You know what I mean? Man, glory to God. It's really just, uh, man, just living through life as a Christian. And uh, I just happened to start rapping it's like I didn't I never planned to start rapping at any point in my when I was mapping out my life as a young person I never thought like wow I want to grow up and start rapping like that's a stereotypical black thing I want to grow up and like my heart of heart in high school was to grow up and be a brain surgeon like I wanted to get that's to an Ivy League college like I was like I graduated third in my class like I was intelligent and then I got to college and uh, like got acclimated with the heartbreak of relationships and it made me stupid a little bit. So um, 
Nah, but seriously though, um, I'm just living. I'm just doing my best to just reflect Christ with my music, with life, and just general. I'll I mean, keep living, man. You're an inspiration to us all. I'm sure you're an inspiration to your followers and the people that that you you rap to, that you speak to. Speaking of which, I you know you you're gonna do a little something for us on the air today. I heard you're gonna spit a little sixteen for us. You're gonna give us something, a little teaser. Indeed. All right, I'm gonna take that silence. That's my cue to go. <laughs> you, bro, that's I'm gonna hit the, the the drum machine, but yeah, <laughs> we're not that high tech yet. You 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 can't edit that out. You got to keep the awkwardness there. It's like and just cool. like uh, <laughs> we we specialize in awkward. <laughs> sometimes sometimes awkward is good. It makes people feel a little comfortable. It's like it brings the humanity in the situation. <laughs> but I'm going to rap now. I'm going to say everything I'm going to do like a robot. Um, I'm living with terror, facing the microphone, reading the Bible, praying the light is on. I'm living with flaws, aware that I am wrong. When I spew my confessions, I hope that I am strong. I remember a woman, she opened up a home. She was living with others, but when we got alone, I got deep with some secrets, open my unknown. She kicked me out like a demon, like I was dead wrong. This world will eat you alive, but don't you ever let it. A lot of well-meaning people preaching the bad message, but your message of weapons that they can never edit. I learned the lessons from them so I can have leverage. You can do the right thing, get the wrong stream. Like you woke for the light haunted by a dream. Different eyes looking at the same view. Various truths fighting just to scare you. That's what's up, DM on the mic yeah. right now, live with us. That was freestyle. We're so appreciative of that. That sounded great. Thank you so much, man. Now, is that going to be – you going to lay that down, or is that already been – is there somewhere we can go find that? That was invigorating. Um, you can go on my website and see that on my landing page. Uh, that is, that's the second verse to my song, Monsters We Create. Oh, I love that uh, song. Just, you did that at the objective, right? Yeah. 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 I did. It just it felt like it fit into the theme of the interview because I talked a lot about it. I talked a lot about some of those things um, in a way in the interview. So um, there we are. I think you, you hit it on the head. I mean, that's exactly what I was talking about, being intentional and and what you write and, and what you're living and stuff like that. And I think it comes across real genuine. You know, um, you can t you see through people when they're just faking it. Right. And, you know, um, so anyways, we appreciate that, man. Uh, is there anything else you like? So one more time. I'm, just I'm, I'm grateful for you guys' persistence. I know with music and like uh, on the mainstream scale or in the mainstream uh, line, like we're seeing like attention between like different artists. Uh, namely like Kanye and Big Shine and it just goes to show like sometimes the business side kind of convolutes relationships and it just brings challenges but it's always great to see like believers like work through you know naturally life just comes with tension and people's schedules and like we're still working to be artists and we have so many family and all this stuff so it's cool to see like you guys uh, persistent and intentionality with like connecting with me and making this happen. I'm really grateful for you guys and keep doing what you like. You guys keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Now we got to ask before we let you go though, uh, can you give us, what is your worst 
performance. What, give us the story of a show where nothing went right and, you know, what you learned from it. Because we definitely have our own war stories, but it's also what we love to talk about the most. You know, it's those memories. Everybody's so, got one, man. Everybody's got one. Did you fall off a stage? Did, did something happen that we need to know about? Mm, so I have two. So one with Team Most High and another solo performance. So my absolute worst, and it's connected to the same exact um, situation pretty much. So with Team Most High, the first performance we ever did together, um, after, we, after we recorded the first song I did with them, Change Don't Come, um, it's actually a video for that on YouTube, by the way. Um, we did that video. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did that. And then we decided to like pull an all-nighter, stay up, write another song, and perform for the open mic the next day at school. It's like a big event outside, like send us away for uh, like after the semester was over. And um, it went terrible. And people thought we were joking. They literally laughed at us like we were doing a stand-up set. It was, um, it was a subtle humiliation. However, it caused us to come back that next uh, semester more polished. Um, and as a solo artist, I would say my worst performance as a solo artist happened. Uh, it was actually a few performances. It was just like a phase of life where like, None of my performances went well. I spent a year in Georgia and Valdosta in particular. And um, the church I was at, like the pastor would always ask me to rap and I was never prepared. I was working a midnight shift at a mental hospital. So when I got to church, I was dead tired because I would get off work, stay up and then go to church without any sleep. So uh, he would ask me to rap, and it's just like I had no capacity to perform at all. And uh, I was just never prepared. <laughs> so I would just look stupid in front of all these people. Um, but it just encouraged me to just keep going, work through the bad performances, and at least have a written, even if I wasn't ready to perform. And, um, yeah, that was, that was on that. You never know when the Daily Show is going to call you, man. You always got to be prepared, you know? <laughs> yeah i Definitely. admire like especially rappers because you have to memorize everything towards like you know we'll like cheat a little bit and we'll put our set list on the ground and then we'll put our chords down there so it's like if anyone could see what on the floor like we know everything we're gonna do we just got to glance or we'll use an ipad or something like that but when you gotta mm -hmm. remember like and it's just you and you can't blame it on anybody else playing in the wrong key richard you know, well, like, what about hold on? What about the world famous Pucket? Let's talk about that show. Let's talk about were you at that one DM? Were you, you there? Did, and you the guys actually did for that after party. I stayed, yeah, I stayed for the entirety of the objective. It was an amazing experience, and I actually thought you guys did well. Um, yeah, you got to think like uh, the Pucket performance was an open mic, and open mics are typically more experimental performances. And just given the fact that you guys like ripped the opening day of the objective, it was like, um, I don't know, it was just it, the performance didn't strike me as a bad performance because you already guys like established yourselves as great performers in my mind. But, you know, I'm biased. You might have to ask somebody, hey, one of these up, industry man. people that's gone, you know. Well, I was like halfway into a burger. I'm, like, I'm <laughs> like starving. I hadn't eaten all day. 
because I, me and my wife have weird diets. So like all day we're just jonesing for something. And Richard comes running out like, let's go. We got to, you're, you're up. And I'm like, dude, I'm hungry. (laughs) Turns to the guy next to him that he just met. Hey, what's up, bro? You want a beatbox for us? We're about to go do this song. Never. And I, and I was just like, Oh, Oh, hi, I'm Richard. Nice to meet you, man. He goes, yeah, I'll beatbox for you. And we just went up on the stage, man. It was fun. (laughs) That was fun. I, I cannot believe I forgot the lyrics, but you know, Oh, well, uh, that was even yeah. better, though, like watching the video later, you know, because Travis is in it. His heart's in it. He's like, oh, he did it. And then it just like you could see the light bulb go dim. And he was just like and just turned to me and he's like, yo, yo. And I'm like, all right, we're going back into the course. Let's go. <laughs> see, I have been a misrespect for that aspect, the ability to to perform and not be ready, but still be willing to perform, even though it's more extemporaneous off the cuff um that takes a level of courage that some people even on a professional level have yet to like tap into so like that's great to have um it can be immensely beneficial when like um you know that's like fully realized that that space of creativity is fully realized so man guys keep it up you guys are like amazing we appreciate you, so man. Much, man. Uh, what, what what are some projects that you got upcoming that we can direct people to in the near future? Um, so right now, Monsters We Create is on all the digital media platforms, uh, all the DSPs, uh, Terrains, uh, the EP I released this year. Uh, that is also on all the DSPs, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, um, Tidal. Um, I am currently working on my second album. Um, I don't want to say the name of it yet. I'm still working on some things. So for the month of November, I've been working on this exercise to uh, create 12 songs every week for the entire month. So I should have 60 songs for when this month is said and done. Um, just kind of working through creative, I like just working on creative uh, ways of just getting my uh, thoughts out there. And after it's all said and done, I want to survey all those songs and listen to ideas I repeat and fine-tune that um, as I approach the new year and uh, get into the studio so I can be a well-polished, well-oiled machine so I'm, like, ready to go and not wasting time when I uh, talk to my man Strong Music. I love it, man. And also follow DM on TikTok. He's going from Genesis to Revelation. I keep bugging him. He needs to pick up the pace because we're mid-November and the clock's running out. But they're great. If I can make it through Bible college. If God can get me through Bible college, he can get me through. You can do it. I know. You you make me a little nervous being in 2 Kings in the middle of November, but it's okay, man. It's it's, It's good to see the people of God sweat a little bit. It is they showing you it's actually real pressure there. So when I'm in come out on top, it's like, yeah. I'm in second Corinthians and I'm nervous that I'm not going to make it. So anyways, no, you, man. Make it. Oh, make I will. It. I will. I don't know if you will, but I will. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to make it. Just be have plans. Man. He's hey, got plans, man. We're just so happy we got to meet you. Hopefully you'll come out and perform on the West coast. So uh, we can connect or maybe we'll be out that way in the near future. We'll see. So many uh, opportunities are in, the, in, in front of all of us. So 
with that being said, thank you so much, Dan, for joining us. And uh, we'll make sure that everybody gets links to everything. And with that said, peace. Peace.